to bless this Sunday school hour, Father, that you'd be with the teachers and the students in the other building and that you'd be with the, us here in the auditorium. God, help us to come apart from the cares of the world right now and to see if we can learn something, Father, from your word and, uh, Father, just to have it re- reassured or reaffirmed in our lives. Help us, Father, to, to know, Lord, that uh, you've given us your word, Father, not just for us to memorize in our heads, but to apply in our hearts, work in our lives in that way, and that we might give you praise, honor, and glory, and that the difference in our lives because of the, the application of the word of God would be a testimony that would open the door for us to give someone the gospel. Just bless the Sunday school hour, and we'll give you praise in all things, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Open your Bibles to Genesis 29. Genesis 29. Can't take my mic that goes over the ear. Doesn't work out well that way. Genesis 29. Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in a field. And lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in its place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran are we. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, it is of yet a high day, neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep, and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth, and we water the sheep. And while he yet, yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock and Laban, of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son, and, that she, and she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him in the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Behold, thou art my brother. Shouldest thou therefore serve me for not? Tell me what shall thy wages be. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they were seemed to him but a few days for the love that he had to her. 
And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my, my, my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I might go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Got to watch it, guys, when you're having a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid, for a handmaid. And it came to pass in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country, to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave to him to Rachel his daughter to wife also. And Laban gave to Rachel his daughter Bilhah his handmaid to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction, now therefore my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have bore him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. And your memory verse for today is Galatians chapter 6 verse... Be not deceived... God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, so shall he also reap. You can't escape that in the scriptures. You know, we can quote the verse. You better learn to live by the verse. That's plain and simple with this. Let me grab my stool. We have a case of... For whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Okay? You're supposed to learn from the Scriptures. And you look at this situation, and what we're dealing with is sowing and reaping. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, the context here is in giving, but I just want you to see what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth what? Shall reap unsparingly, and he which soweth shall also reap You're going to reap what you sow. If you know anything about sowing and reaping, do you reap it immediately? No, you plant a seed in your life and later on you're going to reap a crop. And you can't get away from it. The thing about sowing and reaping is you may sow seed, you reap an ear. There are two or three years. Normally on a stalk of corn, there's two or three years. It doesn't make three. You plant an apple seed, you get a tree. When you start getting fruit, you get just one apple. Russ's farm for the apples would have been short long ago okay 
And we're not talking about other things because my mind goes all over the place when I'm talking about sowing and reaping and the planting and what happens with it. But I want you to understand, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. So this is not talking about just a one-time event. It's talking about the way you live. There's an old saying that says, well, sow your wild oats when you're what? Young. What happens to wild oats? They're trying to say, get it the foolishness not while you're young, but the problem is that can come back around many, many years later to get you, and you can't get away from it. Go to Proverbs chapter 11. Get Proverbs chapter 11 and Hosea chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 11. Look at verse 18. The wicked worketh a what? A deceitful work. Isn't that a good, that's a verse, doesn't that kind of apply to the supplanter? Jacob, he's not Israel yet, he's Jacob, the supplanter. The wicked worketh a deceitful work. But to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Go to Hosea chapter 10. There's other places we could go. I, didn't, I'm just, I want you to understand something. We look at this. Hosea chapter 10. Look at verse 12. Sow to yourselves in what? Righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground for... It is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. Now, one more verse. Go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Look at verse 18. And the fruit of what? Righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. When I think of those verses, sometimes I have to be careful what the words are that my mouth sows. How many of you men have ever thought, you <laughs> your wives are your helpmates now, ladies, I'm not trying to pick on you. But you know, you, 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 God made you to be a helpmeet, and so you'd always try to help your husband to be better than he is. That's natural, okay? And so you just want to help him, so you point out some personality differences. See, some of you, <laughs> you're laughing, okay? And he might get a little frustrated with you. No. <laughs> and you have that issue. And that's all fine and good. But you know what a man knows? Jeff Allen's made a career out of it. Okay, happy wife, happy life. Because Jeff Allen, you know, comedians, people who go for the joke, they, they, see, they see the humor in life. And so normally what is it? That's deprecation. You know, you're, you're teasing somebody about something, Right? And he gets to a place in one of his routines and he looks at his wife and he goes, just tell me what you want me to say. 
because the wife is trying to help the husband. But if the husband reciprocates that, he's what? Critical, overly aggressive, demeaning, and he's hurt her feelings. Now, you say, well, some of you ladies, you're not even smiling. I know, and you're going to call my wife up and say, do you know what your husband said the truth? You've got to understand. A word fitly is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. You have to taste those words before you say them. What was... Jacob in his life. He manipulated others with his words. You know, and we think, you know, oh, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. I can, how many remember sticks and stones will, but. My generation, my father thought we were soft. Because you know what I'm not? I'm not of the great generation, World War II, where the whole world put up with it. Nowadays, I'm a generation, I, I, I told God I would never turn into that. When I, I won't be like my father. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kids, what's the matter with kids today? Kids. What's the matter with kids today? Why can't they be like we were? Perfect in every way. Every time I'm going to do anything with a song, I know Nancy's going to come up with it too. What's the matter with kids? It's like, oh, you know what you are? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's hard. I, I use my family's illustrations. Uh, I, I used AJ's illustration. Um, Wednesday night, I looked out the window and there's Michael going, here we go again. Well, guess what? I got two grandchildren living with me. I was trying to explain something to the boys, okay, when you're writing with me. And Derek was in the right, and Sammy was being Sammy. And I told Derek something, and he didn't understand it, so I tried to illustrate it for him. And then Sammy wasn't paying attention to him. He came into it, and I says, no, Sammy, you're an airhead. Don't get involved in this. And I all of a sudden was like, I'm a, I'm a, oh, and I had the, no, buddy, you're normal. Okay. Derek is just becoming, because puberty's hitting him hard, Derek's becoming a teenager. He's going from being a child to starting becoming all those things that men want to think about, you know, and his voice is fun. Because one, you know, one time it's in the child's register, the next one it's in the, the man's register, so you don't know until you get him excited if you're going to hear, I don't want to talk about this. And I had to explain to Sammy that I'm not putting you down, buddy. It's just a state of fact that you get distracted and you're here and here. Oh, so you weren't trying to put me down, Papa? No. No, but I probably should have not put it quite that way. 
but it still doesn't change the fact. What fact, Papa? That you're an airhead. <laughs> and I told him that all teenagers, are, especially boys, are heads full of mush. Their head's full of mush, and they're a hormone walking on two legs. And Derek goes, I can agree with that. <laughs> I had to explain words that I used. You know what I'm trying to tell you? If, if we're, you know, a word fitly spoken is like what? Apples of gold. Taste your words for you, Sam. Are they edifying? Are they building up? Or are they deceiving and used to manipulate? So we have this here. We look at our, our text. And you'll notice, I had you read the verse in Hosea. It says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. To break the ground up, you're purposely choosing to prepare the ground for planting. That means there's thought given to it. You know, when we normally get in trouble. My father, he called me boy till the day he died. Boy, think before you speak. You know, sometimes you got to bring Because if you don't, you aren't going to be able to sow in righteousness. Because righteousness is an attribute of God. Is it a natural attribute of mankind? As is written, there is none. No, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. So we have a, an illustration here from the Old Testament. Apply to your life about Jacob. And we need to see this. And we find in verses 1 through 8, Jacob arrives in Panamaram to find his future wife. He was given instruction by his parents. Okay? Galatians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents. Am I quoting that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians 6.1. I said Galatians, didn't I? Ephesians 6.1. Excuse me. Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. I'm at the pastor's fellowship. How's things going? Brother, and I said, Pastor Kenny's doing a really good, good job. I have to stop and go, because I'm talking now about my pastor. I'm so used to saying my associate. And I go, no, it's my pastor. And uh, Dunbar looks at me and he just smiles. He's going to take a while to get used to it, isn't it? And I go, well, not in action, but in word. Okay? I don't have that where I have to have the authority in everything. But he's looking and he says, yeah. And I says, you know, church is growing. I said, you're growing one way. Have a bunch of babies in your church. It'll grow the other way. I said, a bunch of babies born in the church. And I said, there's something in the water. He says, brother, don't tell people there's something in the water. <laughs> what was Jacob doing? He was told by his father and his mother they didn't want him to marry 
one of the pagans around him. They didn't want him. They wanted him to come from the same background. It wasn't wrong then. Nowadays, if a guy marries his cousin, what do you think? <laughs> Did you just say that, Karen? I heard someone say they're from the South. Jamie? Gwen? Oh, taste those words. We have some Southern people visiting here. A child his mother to shame. So he, he decides he's going to obey now. Uh, you know, he, he obeyed his mother, but sometimes what did he learn to do from his mother? To right? Mama, think about that. Do you manipulate your children by talking to them about their father? Some of you are smiling. Some of you are looking at your spouses. Some of you are going, ooh. What you sow, you reap. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Amen? Okay, Jacob sees some flocks of sheep in a well of water. They're shepherds. Jacob asked them where they were from, if they knew Laban. Okay. Now, if you look at the text, did he ask them if they knew Laban? I'm just going, he wanted to know, but he said, Are you, do you know who? And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? Who was Nahor a brother to? Abraham. Abraham. So you have this. You know, do you know this man? That's his uncle. Laban was the brother of Jacob's mother. Okay, it was the brother of Jacob's mother, Rebekah. Right? They were related. It wasn't wrong when he said, he is my brother. In the context it's used. I had some, well, the Bible's got mistakes in it. it, it he says that that's his brother when that's his uncle. No, it's the terminology. They were related. They were family. You know what the spiritual context of that is? I'm there and it's, you know what it is? I'm with some other pastors at this funeral for a pastor and it's, Brother Legault, how you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good, brother. Uh, you know, on and on that way. You know, because you know what you are? If you're children of God, you're brothers and sisters. You know what the world needs to see? Family's important. How do we treat our brothers and sisters? Do we take ownership of our brothers and sisters? Do we pray for our brothers and sisters? Do we encourage our brothers and sisters? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And that's difficult. See, I come from a family we love to tease and harass. Got to be careful with that. So he's there. He finds out that it's 
the flocks and the herdsmen who worked for his brother, his uncle. So he's got that, right? So he's in the right place. So you turn around at this point, he knew his future wife was at hand, or possibly the future wife. Verse 9, and while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with his father's sheep, for she kept them. She was a shepherdess. That's not wrong for a woman, because in some circles, and I think they're knuckle-draggers, I'm being honest with you, that a woman working? You know what I say to that? I'm nuts. You don't know your Bible. Okay. So you have this. I want you to understand that. I'm not trying to be mean. If you're a knuckle-dragger, I don't care. Scrape your knuckles. That wasn't a word fitly spoken, was it? What does he do? He turns around and he said in verse 7, Lo, it is yet high day, neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep and go and feed them. Because he knew from verse 6, and he said unto them, Is it he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel his daughter cometh with the sheep. They look and they see she's coming. And they're already taking care of you. So you know what he tries to do? He manipulates the other shepherds. Verse 8, they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together till they roll the stone from the well's mouth, and, and then we water the sheep. He knows she's coming. He's trying to get rid of the other guys. He wants to be alone with Rachel. You thought it was nice when you could sneak time and be alone with a boy or a girl. You know what I'm telling you, parents? Don't leave them alone. Don't leave them alone. At some point, each of my children said, you don't trust me. And I said, that's right. I don't trust you. I know me. I don't trust me. And I got a responsibility for you. Yeah, but I'm an adult. <laughs> you are? You work a job, maybe you're going to school, but I have to pay for part of your schooling. I have to pay the insurance on your vehicle. I have to help with this or that. Guess what you're not? You're not an adult. Now, Jacob here is older than that, right? But he hasn't learned that the best thing to do is to not manipulate. What do we do in our flesh? We try to manipulate. We try to figure it all out, and then we make our choices, and we're going to go forward with it. Right? Right? He tries to get rid of the other shepherds so he could have some time with, private time with Rachel. He was scheming again. He meets his future wife. She's a shepherdess. It was what? Love at? Oh, he thought she was beautiful. 
And the notes they gave me for the class, they said he, he showed his muscles to her because he rolled the stone away by himself. Going to impress. <laughs> I didn't learn to ride a bike as a five, six, or seven-year-old. Didn't really care. I just run there. We didn't pay attention to it. I got to be 11 years old, and I had a crush on the next-door neighbor's girl. Her sisters grew up with my sisters. Her name was Gail McIntyre. It was weird because she's she's a girl. I had this crush on her. And she came over to our house to play with my sister, Kathy, one year older. Because that was, she was younger than Kathy, but that over there, she came over. And I had just learned to ride my bicycle that week. And I had my brother's bike because we were, I'm one of eight children. So you didn't get a brand new bike. You got hand-me-downs. Okay? And I learned to ride my brother's bike. You know, it was still in really good shape and stuff. And the girls were outside playing. And I saw Cal McIntyre there. So you know what I thought I'd do? I'd show off on the bike. And I went flying through the yard to make them look at me. Turned around to see if they looked and ran into a burn barrel. <laughs> I got her attention. In the air. Bent the front spokes on the bike. Go through the air, come down, and broke my right arm. Complete. It wasn't a crack. Complete separation. Bone didn't come through the skin, but it was close. And I got up crying. <laughs> I made a great impression. <laughs> I got her attention, you know, because I, I was going to try to deceive that girl. I just found out what girls were. And run into that stupid thing. Broke my arm. And the man was like a grandfather, come from World War I. Don't be a baby. Let me see that arm. Took my arm and whipped it up and down about four or five times. It's still working. Bone hadn't come through the skin. He didn't know it was broken. Ah, it hurts, it hurts. I gotta go see mom. <laughs> my mother was busy. I laid down, I went upstairs in my bedroom, laid down on the bed, woke up later, and my arm was the size of my thigh. I go, it hurts, and mom goes, get in the car. Have to go see Dr. Pike, who was the one who originated the Wilkett Clinic. He goes, takes an x-ray. Yep, he broke it. The reason I could ride a bike was because that was the beginning of summer. I spent six weeks in a cast. So you know what I couldn't do? I couldn't spend six weeks in the water. And we lived right on the water. You got to pay attention be careful about what you're doing. And he meets it, and he's showing off his muscles. And then when he saw her, the first thing he did was he knelt down right then and prayed, Oh, Lord God, I've come here in obedience to the wishes of my parents. And Father, I'm seeking a bride. Father, could you reveal to me if this is the one you have for me? That didn't happen, did it? Turn to Genesis 24. We're coming back to 29. Genesis 24.
Abraham sends out Eliezer, his servant, right? He sends him out, and you say, how do you get the names? You don't know. Ask Pastor Kenny. Okay? And he's sent to go find a wife for Isaac. And he goes the way God calls him to go. He's going back to the same area. You know that? He goes back to the same place, and he's supposed to find a wife for his master's son. Look at verse 12. Wait a minute, we'll go above this. Verse 10. And the servant took ten camels and the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of who? Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by the well of water at the time of the evening. Even the time that women go out to what? And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel whom I shall say, let down thy, thy pitcher, I pray thee, and that I may drink, and she shall, shall drink, and I will give thee the camels the drink also. Let the same be she that as thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby I shall know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And then what happened there? God honored his prayer of direction. He was a faithful servant. He wanted to do the right thing. Does Jacob seek God's will for his bride? No. No. Doesn't. The theme is over and over and over again on television. It's in the world. They think they're giving sage advice, and it's just follow your heart. What does God's word tell you about your heart? Jer Jeremiah 17, what? Nine? The heart is above a few things? Above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? Be careful about going on your emotions. Emotions are God-given gift, but they're not to be the thing that overrules God's word. They're not to be the thing that overrules God's will. And they're not to be the thing that overrules God's way. It's not follow your heart. It's follow the Lord. Have you ever wanted something? You turn around, you laid your, you just wanted your heart, and you knew it really wasn't going to be the best thing for you. Be careful with that. He didn't pray for guidance, wisdom, and protection. He saw her, fell in love with what he saw, and then proceeded to try to get her. He introduces himself to her. Tells her that he's her father's brother, and he just mainly means he's of that family. That's not an error. 
If you study that out, you can see it again and again and again. Rachel turns, runs and goes and gets Laban. They're excited to meet each other. He gets there in verse 15. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for not? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. So Jacob was saying, I'm, I'm going to hang around here. I'll, I'll work with you. What are you going to labor going to be? Well, I want your daughter. I think you ought to scare guys. Someone comes to your house to take your, your daughter out, scare them away the first time. I have to laugh. Judy, she gave me a card because this is the way I was with my daughter. The card showed a guy walking around in cowboy boots, high socks, boxer shorts, and what's commonly called a wife beater t-shirt. I don't know why it's called that. A wife beater t-shirt with a pot on his head. A shotgun over his shoulder. He's got it like this, and he's banging two pots together. And he goes, and it says there, so you're here to date my daughter? Scare him away. What's the wages here? He's going to serve for Rachel. Laban makes a deal with him. Laban agrees. If you serve me for seven years, you can marry my daughter. I like this. It goes by as if it's a day. He's so much in love with this girl. At the last second, what happens? They have a marriage feast. It could be seven days long when you studied out in the scriptures. They're partying. They're having wine. There's no electric light bulbs. It gets to be night. It's dark. You go into the tent. Jacob celebrates on the marriage bed with the wrong girl because he'd just been deceived by his uncle. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, so shall he also reap. The language of that. Verse 21 of Genesis 29. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered I'll gather all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. See, she's in the tent waiting. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpha has made for a, hand, for a handmaid. And it came to pass in the morning. Jacob wasn't in control of his faculties that night. Be very careful of what you allow to take control of your faculties. And it came to pass in the morning. Behold, it was Leah. And he said unto Laban, What hast thou done? 
What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve thee with thee for Rachel? Wherefore thou hast beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. What had Jacob stolen? He manipulated Esau, and you learn from Esau, don't put the don't sacrifice the future on the altar of the immediate. Because he gave up his birthright for a pot of soup. He also pretended to be Esau. And he stole the blessing of the birthright. He deceived to get it. Say it with me. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You need to live by it, and you need to teach it to your children, to your grandchildren, to whoever. If you have opportunity to be an influence in someone's life, you can't take it when it's not yours to take. But when it is yours... Don't be lazy about it. Help them to learn that God's word is absolute every time. Laban lied about his firstborn, just as Jacob had lied about the firstborn to his father, Isaac. Can you imagine how that was in the morning? This is not the deal I made. <laughs> Such a deal. He got what he had done. He had to serve another seven years for Rachel. He agreed and marries Rachel, his true love. <laughs> By the time they're done, Jacob ends up serving his uncle for about 20, 21 years. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Look at verse 15. Good understanding giveth what? But the way of is hard. What you sow, you reap. Say, it happens with us. It's going to happen with our children. I wonder if Rebecca, okay, had taught Jacob differently. Now, God had said that Jacob was going to rule over. You know what it is? God didn't make Jacob make these choices. 
God still fulfilled his word because he said the younger will rule over the elder. But it could have been done in a way that God could have blessed. God could have blessed. The way of transgressors is hard. When you do not give your children the discipline needed for their transgressions, you will teach them there is no cost for deceiving. And they will use that in their life. If they see us demonstrating the same thing, they will do, I do premarital counseling, do counseling, one thing you can't get away from is people either choose to do it God's way, according to God's word, or they will repeat what they grew up in. And you can learn some good things. I learned some good things from my father and from my mother, more from my mother. And then I learned some things from my father should never have learned. And the way of transgressors is hard. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You always reap more than you sow. Brother Mike Viscom closes in prayer. Sow in righteousness, reap mercy.